0: Hey you busy? mm-, okay, let me run something past you real quick. I want to talk about something that has been low key irritating me, like nobody's business. I tried to be the good grandbaby that just smiled and waved, boys, but it's not working for your girl, okay uh, can we go ahead and be super transparent? like I don't want you buttoning up your shirt straight? I don't want you to give me a professional voice. I want you to just do the only kind of shooting that I like to do from the hip. You understand? Can we talk about the art of cutting off? hmm <laughs> I think that we have misconstrued the power of the cutoff. Not only that, I also feel like we have misused the cutoff. I don't think that we have specialized in the cutoff uh to see its fruit truly yielded okay into our lives i feel like we cut the wrong people off at the wrong time i feel like we hold on to the right people and then we we just it, it's it's an entanglement with the cutoff you know no jada but very much an entanglement i have lived enough life spoken to enough people uh, seen a different experiences and such in the Bible. I just, I have been a connoisseur of sorts to be able to meet this particular, uh, conclusion. And I'll give you a few examples. (laughs) I'm sure most of them you're going to be like, "Mm mm-hmm, I get it. Uh, you ever saw someone in a relationship or remain in a relationship with someone after a particular person did something and you were like, how did you manage to stay in that? I don't get it because after he would have done, <laughs> it just would have you understand you ever saw someone remain friends with someone and you were like I told you about her a long time ago listen I don't want to call her outsider where her grandmother knows her as (laughs) but I done told you about the uh you know the baby cow a long time ago okay you decided because she was your fill in the blank or you saw the potential in the venture that you would have. you saw so I don't know who did your prescription but I would have got a second opinion on that uh spiritual eye doctor situation that you got going on you ever seen someone stay at a job that you like bruh how many times somebody got to throw you under the bus steal your idea do certain things that just If it was on the street, you would have had to see about me. Uh, How many times they got to do that before you realize you're not valued there? That you are not like, I don't understand why you have not taken your talent somewhere else. You ever saw someone still converse with that family member and you're like, did we forget last barbecue when that situation happened? Did we forget childhood when they did? Did we forget adulthood when they did not? Like, did we forget all that? And we we tend to get sometimes more emotional about the situation at hand than the person, right? It just seems like the person has the palate that's like your level of patience is being poured into the wrong situation. Like, I truly believe that people usually pour their maximum amount of patience into the wrong relationships. And then when the person that there's purpose to be with comes along, they are insufficient in the area of patience because you poured all of it into the wrong person. I truly feel like each individual has exactly what they need in measurement of patience, measurement of push, measurement of purpose, measurement of passion, measurement of attraction, measurement, and then someone comes along, carbon copied (laughs) from the elemental P. Okay. And they come along and they deplete every area of that and if not careful enough to hear the indicators go off on your dashboard to say time out this person is depleting me and I'm not getting refilled this person is making me feel I don't feel like myself I feel like my character's changing I feel like my perspectives is changing I don't even think I like that complexion of person anymore like when you start to see like yo, you're changing that should be your cue to say I may need to step out stage left on this situation because this performance is is no longer bringing value to my life. This relationship is no longer bringing value in my life. The, the situation E or the above, I just probably need to go ahead and just leave. But what people do is they ignore the indicators on the dashboard. They keep driving. They see the inclement, whether they see the nails on the road, they keep going, they keep going, and then their car is so bruised, battered, and broken down that when the person that's supposed to be in their life meets them, they have to now fuel buffer up, try to go ahead and see what's going on under the engine and do all this work just to get you back into the road that you depleted the person you were supposed to be with. Like literally the person that you were purposed to be with and, and, Literally, I hate to be the, uh, the, the bishop, but this is not why I wanted this conversation to go. But let the Holy Spirit use me. The person that you are purposed to be with, you have exactly everything that you need to be one with that person. What happens is you meet a .25 buddy and he depletes 100% of you. So now uh, God has to go through this process of refilling you and getting you back to your manufacturer default. That now, if you truly sat and thought about it, you would be like, you. If you would have met me, filling the blank years ago, this probably wouldn't have been a problem. But because of the insecurities that were sown into me, because of the lack of trust that was sown into me, because of the deception that I experienced prior to you, because of all these experiences that the carbon copy sown into my life, it's going to take some time uh, and patience and love from you to help me uproot this. Because these trees I'm not even familiar with, but I know that I don't have the strength to uproot them out of my life garden anymore. Mm hmm see it's those people the carbon copies that you cut off but you usually hold on to those people because you see potential okay so i have um my pup pup babies right my pup pups are shih tzus and uh my boy pup pup uh he in his spirit right is a doberman shepherd okay uh he is Rockweiler. Uh, he is a uh, pit bull. You know, no j lo <laughs> He very much his name is Spike in his spirit. I'm talking about when he barks, it comes from the root of the soul. I'm talking about he's like, Like, he digs deep with it, right? He don't let nobody come near the house. He don't let nobody come near the car. He don't, let, he don't let nobody, right? And so we have nicknamed him, like, that's our guard dog, right? But if I were to take him, you know, let's just say I had a little bit of the, you know, Mike Vick spirit and I wanted to put him in a dog fight. Just because he's shown symptoms and traits of being something that he desires or that we see, oh, he has potential in guarding us. That does not make him a guard dog. If I put my shih tzu in a dog fight with another pit bull, we're going to have to pour something out for the homie. You understand? That visual depiction is the same exact thing that people do when they see potential. Buddy in between jobs, buddy in between relationships, buddy in between everything but the purpose of God, okay, uh, is not potential. Everybody breathing has the potential to do better. Everybody breathing doesn't have the character to support better. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, if you're breathing, you definitely have the potential to do a lot because you have a social security number, right? And, um. It has value in that. There's a job for that. There's a, somebody thinks you're a, tri- like there, there's potential all around, but we don't make uh, purpose life plans with potential Mm-mm. because what you essentially did was you looked at certain traits and was like, okay, so out of the 10, you have three. So there's potential. Who told you that <laughs> jobs don't hire you on potential. I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't pass the test because you have the potential to get hundred. If you got a sixty, you got you got a sixty, and a sixty is where you're at. But a sixty is not where you have to stay. You have the potential to do better, but the teacher is not passing you off of the strength of your potential. You yeah, know, your capacity is what's being uh, <laughs> determined. Yeah, you, then you need to get a tutor. You need to put in the work. To have the potential flourish. And so I'm I'm having this conversation because I see that people truly have misplaced the art of placing people in their lives. I do not subscribe to keeping people in seats in your life just because, right? Uh, The way that I view life is it is a jet, that we have been treating like a commercial plane and when we treat a jet like a commercial plane we put ourselves at risk what's the difference in seats between a jet and a commercial delta plane have you noticed that there are less in the jet and so if god said yo i have Everything that you possibly need on the other side of this jet, and everything that you will need once you get off of this jet, is actually in the cargo area. And the people that you choose to take along board with you is who you have decided can help you with this life mission. There are seven seats in this proverbial jet, and here you are having five preoccupied because you value title, uh the length of the relationship in years, the value that it may look like to be in close proximity to such and such. And oh, such and such is your go-to on that. You valued everything about a person Except that you forgot to factor in, can they help you with your purpose? Because I'm going to go ahead and say something to you. When God merges two people together, intimately, friendship, whatever it is, it truly is an iron sharpens iron situation. So when you're looking at someone and saying, man, you can help me with my purpose, what you don't even understand is that God's going to have you sharpen them too to bring out the purpose out of them. You should be pairing to be purpose pushers with someone. Literally. And so when you pack the wrong people in your jet, both purposes suffer. Yeah, but that's my cousin. Okay. Okay. I just I don't understand and coming from and I'm gonna be honest with you I thought that that was holding a grudge cutting someone off distancing yourself blah 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 until I realized the heart behind it I'm gonna make a statement that a decade or two ago uh, me would have been like that makes me kind of sad and and it does not and I'll tell you why I have arrived to a portion of my life that my purpose means so much to me that I don't care about anyone else's feelings about the decisions I make to get there. Because I realize that my ultimate peace comes from my perfect alignment with my dad. I need to get close to the person who made The plan for my life. (laughs) Jeremiah 29, 11 starts off for, for I know the plans I have for you. Okay. So then I'm going to need to get, uh, like Mary in that position of a seated seat by your feet. And I'm going to have to get the instructions from you. And so being big hearted has its, uh, defaults because big heartedness to most people is you want to involve everybody. Until what you deem to be good because ultimately big hearted people are trying to figure out ways that their purpose can benefit you. Oh, when I get on, I'm going to hire such and such, and then, oh, and then you can help me, and then, yeah, and then you get the money back, and so we're trying to bring people along with us, not only for the company, but because we want it to be E or the above. We want everyone to flourish. That's the thing about being big hearted. You're not selfish. You want everybody to win. You want everybody to go, and you want the people that you're familiar with, and you 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 have this big dream, and it's exciting, and so when someone comes and takes the the window of your dream, and they shatter it a little bit you instead of saying oh, okay I need to probably demolish the situation you try to repair it but you don't have the tools to repair that so you're using everything to repair the slight shatter in the window and what you don't realize is taking the value out of the vision imagine walking past the window and you see blue paint tape you're like hmm you can't even enjoy the house no more because you're like why do they have blue paint but that's what it looks like when you're trying to build your house and you're trying to keep certain parts that no longer bring value to the house, hmm, <laughs> yeah, curb appeal is a big thing. Curb appeal is a make or break. That that kind of can tell someone like I don't even want to look inside because I see how you cater to the structure of your home. Hmm, how do you cater to the structure of your life? Everyone that I no longer speak to was a conscious decision and I had to tell my emotions, can I drop you off right here real quick because I need to make sure that this decision is aligned with where I'm going. I am so free in replacing people in my life that I don't even, I've gotten to the place, I don't even consult with someone else anymore about what I'm getting ready to do. Before, I used to call somebody else, like, quick question. And I used to run the situation down from the top, like, I'm building a case. Okay, so, like, three months ago, right? But then, no, no, hold you, mind you, let me tell you, this happened a year ago, right? And then, And I used to try to almost present my case to then try to see if we, the people, are going to decide that what I'm getting ready to do for my life it's suitable. What do you think? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. You're right. mm -hmm, I'm going to call her right now. Like we're not doing any of that. Let me tell you how free I've become. Explanations are far few and in between because most of the time, the decision that I'm getting ready to make, you know why I'm getting ready to make it. But even if you don't, uh, When I do give that phone call or that face-to-face or whatever, I feel led to do that's going to give me peace because it's not about you. At the end of the day, I apologize. It's about me making sure that the decision I'm getting ready to make is is non-negotiable. And so when I call and say, hey, remember when we talked about A, B, and C? Yeah, so it's not changing and I don't want to put the pressure on you to do anything that seems like it's outside of your character. I don't want to occupy a place in your life where I feel like I am trying to refigure the shape that you are. I think you as a person, you're dope, but I think that it clashes when you pair it with me. So instead of trying to make a uh, mustard and, uh, barbecue, chipotle sauce, go together. like No matter what we do, it's not mixing well. So here's what I want to do. I don't want to force anything. I'm going to go ahead and remove myself. No hard feelings. I wish the best for you. Whatever you feel like saying, it, it is what it is. Now, some people deserve that conversation. Some people don't. (laughs) <laughs> some people d- deserve, like, like, yo, I'm getting ready to say something to you. And some people don't. It's, uh, l- let me tell you something. After years of speaking to someone, I literally just called and said, I want to thank you for every single thing you've ever done for me. Like real talk. I see the value of you being alongside my life for this long. So understand that I love you. I think you're dope. I think you're going to do dope things, but I want you to know this. Everything that I'm about to do from this phone call on, is not personal it's, um, purposeful. I have to listen to the way that I feel that God is leading me, even if I don't understand it. Person said, okay. And I said, okay. And then I went to blocking and deleting and doing everything to remove myself because the type of person that I am, I am wired where I have to go ahead and implement things fast before it filters through my feelings. So I don't have the time to be like, "Mm mm-hmm. Message with no ma'am. <laughs> I need you to start deleting and blocking and doing all the things that you need to do to make sure that what you just said is going to be what you just said. Stand on what you said so you can see what God spoke into your life. Period. Point blank. Nothing else to talk about. So it irritates me when people have relationships with people and it's like, but that's your family member. Okay. <laughs> but that's sh- no see um, but You got to respect that particular leadership title in your life. Let me explain something to you. And I'm going to try my best not to scream in your ear because you know how I feel about corporate abuse. I don't do well with toxic environments. I don't do well with the toxic people that try to keep that up. I don't do well. Let me explain something to you. When God shows you who the Judas is in your life, don't make a habit of eating with them. Do you understand that? When I look in my Bible, what I saw was, uh, Jesus ate with him like 1.5 times. And the last time he did, he said, buddy take your Italian bread dip it do what needs to be done and do what you came to do Jesus very rarely I say unto you had conversations with Judas that looked a lot like he was Peter Jesus was real clear on who Judas was but even more so Jesus was clear on what Judas was purposed to do I am not going to Cut you out of my life completely, Judas, because you were purposed to initiate Calvary. But what I will do, what I won't do, is confuse you like you, Peter. I'm not gonna build my rock on you. I'm not gonna go ahead and have you where I'm doing my best miracles. I'm not gonna have conversations with you and speak to you in parables and go ahead and reveal some stuff to you. I'm not gonna ask you, uh Judas, who do you say I am? I'm not gonna get it confused. I clearly know who Judas is, I clearly know what Judas is in my life and so what I won't do is cross lines and look stupid at the end on something I already knew there are too many people in life that have a Judas in their life and you trying to make him Peter why because you want to be big-hearted because you want to be um you know a nice person because you know Judas doesn't have many positive role models in her life, and you want to be one of them, like let me explain something to you. keep treating Judas like he's somebody else, and you're gonna find yourself in chains that God never intended for you to be in. There's a purpose for Judas when God trusts you enough to show you his purpose, keep him there. There's nothing else to discuss. <laughs> I, I don't count a whole bunch of times where, listen, when Jesus went on the mountain and was having that conversation and the spirits was being revealed and Peter woke up like, oh, I'm seeing the people from the past. I'm seeing their spirits. Jesus, should I go ahead and build an ark or some tents? And Jesus was like, calm down, bro. Like you're doing a lot. I know you're not used to this, but that deep, intimate, spiritual awakening, that realm, that that that's a place that you trust people with. Judas wasn't there. Judas was not there and so if Jesus didn't misplace the Judas in his life why are you trying to be more than what Jesus was that doesn't make sense to me I hate that big-hearted people do things out of spiritual alignment but he did what to you and you still did huh I mean, that's just the kind of person I am. Yes, that's the kind of person you are for the person God purpose for you to be with. You are doing, I, no ma'am. <laughs> like, what are you doing? What, but the other side of that, the other side of that is to look at the value of the person and see if there is something that you can go ahead and build with Opposed to just demolishing the entire situation. Because in thinking about this conversation, I was like, God, there are certain people that do some things that's like, dang, bro. Like that hurt my feelings. Like people are not perfect. Let's just go ahead and be a buck, right? They're not perfect. But we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for purpose. And we're looking for the character with that. So when you see that woman that stayed with that man, even after he did A, B, and C, more than likely, she's seen the value in that man. She's seen his heart and she's seen his purpose in and for her life after consulting with God. Hmm, Did you get the last part? After consulting with God. How could you just go ahead and Drop that particular job, making that amount and blah blah blah. Because you've seen that continuing on this path is may add more to your life account financially, but it's gonna pull from your life account uh physically and emotionally and mentally. And so when you factor the two, the uh financial return. Didn't yield enough to deplete you the way that it is. So it was easy to remove that after consulting with God. Yeah, it's the consulting part for me that we're forgetting. The art of cutting off is not emotionally based. The art of cutting off, you bring it to God. And you say, because we we, we do that, right? We present it, we just present it to our friends, We'll we'll call it venting. But what you're doing is you're consulting with someone and saying this feels off. Can you give me your perspective? Yes, (laughs) that that's awesome. You're doing it on the phone, but you need to do it through the throne. You need to literally say, God, listen, you are Alpha and Omega. You see today and yesteryears and future two 3,024 is where you, like you see all of that. And so from what I see, my little handful of vision, I'm going to place this in, in front of you and I'm gonna ask you, what should I do with this person? Where should this person be in my life? How far or close should my proximity be? Because what I don't want to do is misplace them and alter the purpose and the vision and the plan that you have for my life. And so when thinking about this, I was like, in our own natural minds, We would have looked at Peter when he denied Jesus and was like, oh, I'm done. (laughs) You ain't got to worry about me. I'm mm, mm, I'm I'm just I'm not. But looking through a different lens, I see why Jesus did what he did. I was like, you know what? He saw that. Without any questions, Peter left a whole entire business for Jesus. Didn't know him, didn't anything. Jesus just walked up to him and was like, uh, to his brother, Andrew. Andrew was like, I'm going to follow you, but let me go get the bro. Went to the bro was like, yo, this is dude named Jesus. Peter was like, say no more. I'm going to go with you. He walked up. Jesus was like, I like his swag. Matter of fact, I'm going to call you Pusha P. <laughs> because um that other name your granddaddy called you? Mm-mm. It's not giving, but you're definitely going to be Peter from now on. Peter allowed Jesus to shift his uh, business, shift his life. He left his wife, he left everything, change his name. When a person is so invested in your purpose that they willing to shift their life, I think Jesus was able to say, yeah, you the type of dude I want to build my church on. So when it comes up to you going ahead and um, denying me three times before the rooster even crows, I think that that can be weighed a little less than everything else that you've done and shown consistently for three years. When you look at it like that, you'll start to learn the art of the cutoff. No, we don't cut people off because they're imperfected people. We don't cut people off because they make a mistake. We don't, yeah, stealing perpetually is not a mistake. Cheating perpetually is not a mistake. Uh, continuing to have a lying tongue, something that God hates, the Bible says, uh, is it, not a mistake. Sowing the seed of division is not a mistake. Being careless with someone's heart and how you carry them is, is not a mistake. A mistake is this is outside of my consistent character. And these are the things that I'm going to put in place so that this never happens again. You you know what we failed to realize? Yes, uh, Peter did go ahead and um in the midst of fear and facing something he's never had to face before. Yes, he did go ahead and say, Jesus who? <laughs> Jesus what? Like he didn't he act like he didn't know him. But show me somewhere in the Bible again that uh Peter did that. Right? Because denying Jesus in the midst of being that fearful, I think he learned the gym in that lesson and it was outside of his consistent character. How do I know? Because he never did it again. He never did it again. David, when he saw, um, Bathsheba and he was like, "Ooh," and he didn't hit the song with a never but just a big button to smile. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I didn't I didn't hear that bel Bib DeVoe situation yet. It's a little um before my time. It came after me." Um, and he did what he did with Uriah and had to pay the consequence that that baby that they made uh didn't make it. That was outside of his consistent character. How do you know? Because David never did something like that before. And David never did something like that after he, there's nowhere else in the Bible that he killed the man because he wanted to sleep with another man's wife. Like that was a blemish in his character. So what is it that you're saying? I'm glad that you asked. There are people that you're mismeasuring your life. You see the blemish. I mean, they look like a Dalmatian in the spirit. And you are trying to make it like, oh, it's so, like they're a cow. No, (laughs) Um, those spots, okay, show imperfections consistently, okay? Um, When someone is showing you their character, I want you to go ahead and believe them. The best person to teach you themselves is the person Somebody would tell you all that you need just by you shutting up. You can ask a zillion questions. People can lie. You can give hypotheticals. You can do all the different things. You can ask about the past. You can ask about the future. When people open up their mouth, they probably have the tendency to paint a picture that is a little bit more appealing than what their reality is. If you shut up, watch the way that somebody treats someone. Watch the way that somebody handles their money. Watch the way that somebody handles their time. Watch how someone interacts with you. Watch how someone interacts with people they say they care about. Watch how someone works. Watch how someone pursues their passion and things. Watch, and so when things come up, you'll be able to say, "Hmm, has this happened before? Is this like is this perpetual, or is just one of those Peter moments?" You see what I'm saying. So bringing it back to me. Everyone that I cut off is because I had to realize, dang, that's your character. And there's no room for that person in my jet. So what I'm going to have to do, even if it hurts me, you have to go. <laughs> there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, if we had this conversation here, and then I noticed that we had that conversation over there, and that this is causing an issue in the way that I trust, communicate, or commune with you, then you can't go with me because where I'm going, God wants me to be very transparent and very vulnerable to people that I may not know. So the last thing that I want to do is have to be guarded with people that I say that I do know. So if I cannot trust my most authentic self and be unveiled with the people that I choose to put in my jet, then you can't go with me. So you can either choose to be in the audience or you can just watch virtually from your home, but you can't watch it backstage because those are the people that I can be transparent with. And that's the beauty of knowing where God is taking you because you'll know how to place people. Like I just said, what God is taking me, I'm going to have to be transparent, unveiled with people that I may not ever see or personally know. So the people who are riding with me, I need to be able to trust without a shadow of a doubt that you are someone that I can trust in that area. It is not easy to be naked in front of people, spiritually, emotionally, any of the leads. It is not easy to be naked in front of people. So the last thing I want to do is be covered with the people who are supposed to clothe me. Be covered with the people who are supposed to cover me. That's why I came, when that happened to uh Canaan, when Noah was drunk, and it was like, oh, I'm I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell my brothers daddy's drunk instead of covering him. That's why when Noah came out, he was like, I curse Canaan and Ham. Like I'm I'm going ham. Like what you just did. You were supposed to be family. You were supposed to cover Noah in what the Bible called his stupor, but instead of covering him, you went and gossip about it. You went and spread something opposed to spreading. The sheet over him to cover him. So I get why when Noah came back to his sober, was like, yo, let me let me holler at you. You're done. (laughs) Because literally there's no one else on earth, sir, but us. Okay, like God literally created a whole brand new earth. And so the last thing that I want is to be building something from scratch with someone who don't have the character to carry that. That is the art of the cutoff. There is no, nothing in the Bible that God was like, no, 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 Noah, that's your son. You don't, come on, man. You don't, <laughs> I just went ahead and I just created a whole brand new world. And y'all come over here and y'all start acting up. Like, listen, let's, let, let's sit down. Let's, let's do counseling. Let's do, no, no, no. If God didn't impede on that cutoff, then there's some cutoffs that's purposeful. Hmm. I want to give you another purposeful one. I'm going to read it by Abraham. We're going straight to Genesis 13. You know, I read from the NLT version, right? You should know it from now. Let's go ahead and I'm going to start. First um, one. So Abraham left Egypt and traveled north until Negev along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. Two, Abram was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. Three, from the Negev They continued traveling by stages toward Bethel and they pitched their tents between Bethel and I, I hope that's how you pronounce it. Have a nice day where they had camped before for this was the same place where Abram had built the author and there he worshiped the Lord again. Five, Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and many tents. Six, but the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. Seven, so disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. At that time, Canaanites and Presorites were also living in the land. Eight, finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. Nine, the whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. Ten, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zorah. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 11, Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. 12, so Abram settled in the land of Canaan and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. Thirteen, but the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Fourteen, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. Fifteen, I'm giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. (laughs) Sixteen. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. 17, go and walk through the land in every direction for I'm giving it to you. 18. So Abraham moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. There he built another altar to the Lord. You know what I realized? Mm -hmm. So when Lot and the herdsmen and Abram and all that when they was having this bickering section I think that God was purposefully silent and so when Abram built up enough courage to be like okay I gotta put it into (laughs) this is not working and I hate it because I'm sure that Abram felt some kind of way like listen bro um you traveling with me you kind of like your come up was because of me right like in verse two it says Abram was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. And then it went on to say in five, Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and many tents. So your come up came because you were traveling with your uncle. So imagine your uncle saying, okay, so now the traveling stops. Like, does that rock your world real quick? Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, because if we, like, we're a duo. So, like, if we split, what's going to happen? Like, I don't really, what's up? But the beauty of it is once Abram went ahead and made his decision, the next time that God speaks, it was about Abram's purpose. God never went back and was like, question for you. Why I was having all that Mm-mm. when it comes to making life decisions, that's going to bring peace and alignment to your purpose. God is not interfering with any of that. So many times people don't make decisions because I don't want to block my blessings. And I You're blocking your blessings because anything that blocks peace and the flow of positivity is a blocked blessing. It's a blessing blocker, <laughs> however you want to go ahead and say it. But I love the fact that the next time God speaks, which was in verse 14, it said, after Lot had gone, hmm? Holy Spirit is very strategic when he writes, after Lot had gone, look at your Bible, Genesis 13, uh, verse 14, N-O-T, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look, as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. 15, I'm giving all this land, as far as you can see, to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. Let me explain something to you. Maybe the reason why you're not hearing God speak is because you're not being a good per- good steward over the uh, peace. Huh? Maybe you're not hearing God speak because you're not being a good steward in creating and safe housing peace. You so busy worrying about what the family's going to think if you don't speak to such and such that you are continuing to strive in um, strife. That you're not realizing that that's not only blocking peace, that's blocking you hearing direction from God. Hmm? You're so preoccupied by what such and such may say about the move that you make that's best for your life and the peace of your purpose. That you're wondering, like, God, I don't understand because, like, you can't hear him. Yeah. Uh, anything that is commotion, <laughs> uh, anything that looks like it is divisive, anything that look that's why the Bible says, listen, do your best to live in harmony with everyone. Because anything that is uh, the direct opposite from that is static to the channel that you need to hear God on. God is silent. God is purposeful. He is gentle. God speaks sometimes without even speaking. He'll make you feel something. But if you're so distracted by the static, you can't hear him. And so the art of cutting off actually is a spiritual thing. Because I read in John, or is it Matthew? But I read in the Bible where um, Jesus said, I am the vine, right? God is the gardener. Yet yeah, We prune mm-hmm, the branches so that it produces fruit. And if you're already producing fruit, awesome. We're going to prune you more so you can produce more fruit. The art of cutting off is essentially based in when I cut this off, do I produce more of what God wants and has for me? Come on, Holy Spirit. Huh? When I cut this person off, when I cut this thing off, when I cut off, fill in the blank, do I produce more of what God has purposed for me? Yeah, people, I don't know where we picked up this. No, that we got to h- hold on to everybody that we have to, you know, just Uh, But you know what? You can just say good morning. You don't, you could be cordial. You don't know. What if I decided a part of keeping my peace at this job is not speaking to you. If it don't have anything to do with you signing something that I need to perform my job, I'm not performing outside of that. You won't have me on the stage of pretending. You could have a nice day. And just because I'm a fact checker, uh, it was John 15 in case you was wondering because I'm that kind of grandbaby. Jesus divine. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You want me to go ahead and read it? I'm glad you said that. Let's go ahead and do it. John 15 N.O.T. And I will. Uh, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. Hmm. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more fruit. Hmm. Who be hold on? Who be reading a Bible? This grandbaby, okay. Three, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remaining me, and I will rent. Mm-mm, let's go back because you thought it was a game, okay. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more and here you are holding on to different fruit that has rotted already. You're holding on to different branches that are weighing you down and you're wondering why you haven't grown in that many years and you're wondering why you haven't grown in that area and you're wondering how come this is still happening and you're wondering why you haven't gotten out of this particular cycle and it's because you have not learned the art in the beautiful spiritual foundation of the cut off. Yes, I did a little spit at the end of that. Do you understand that? So I need you to stop acting human and to realize that you are a spirit being Going through a human being experience. Do not conform to this world because that's what Roman said, right? Do not conform to this world. Do not conform to the, but that's your aunt, but that's your cousin, but that, you no, know, that's your supervisor. You have to, but that's your, let me explain something to you. If it don't produce what I know God has for me, then I'm cutting it off because if I don't, God will, and it's more painful when I don't release what I know God is trying to remove. Hmm. I am passionate about growth. I don't do well with stagnation. I don't do well with confusion. I don't do well with phony. I don't do well with any other kind of pressure that looks like, did you think that you was going to override what I know to be best for my life? Not because I'm all knowing, but because I speak to the one who is, I don't care nothing about how the family feels about me. Cause I'm not speaking to such and such. But what you have to be clothed in is there's no anger behind this. This is not, this is not emotionally based. This is purpose driven. I would love to keep talking to you, but I I realize I'm gonna miss what God has. And so before I miss what God has for me, I'll miss you. Shouts out to the homie. I remember the memories. I still got pictures of you in a photo album, but what I won't do is miss God behind you. Mm Mm-mm. And then stand on Judgment Day and and try to explain why I chose the comfort of your chaos opposed to the beauty of my calling, bugging. (laughs) Yeah, you want to have a nice day today or tomorrow, choose a day and have a nice one. Do you understand that? I am so passionate about this. I play no games when it comes to the elemental P I play no games when people try to go ahead and pull on the chords of of your big heartedness and try to play a tune that God never gave me words or melodies for. I'm not interested. You are not going to keep me hostage to anyone in any place that you think I should be. I'm glad that you have a brain, but you don't have the plan. Okay. I, I know who has the plan for me. I read who has a plan for me and I am not interested in your input. And my father's plan for my life. You and everybody who supports that can have a nice day. Choose a day. There's seven. Have a nice one. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? What's my challenge? Don't act like you. Okay, you going? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna give you. you my challenge to you is uh, everything that I just said. What you thought? where well, you been in this last conversation? Like we. <laughs> We, we waste mobile to mobile. Oh, okay. Cause I know we not, do you understand the art of the cutoff? If not, get real familiar. I gave you plenty of examples. You can go ahead and, and just let this conversation marinate and do what needs to be done. But there are enough examples to see when you cut somebody off, how you cut it. It's enough examples. And if you are unsure, cause you wrestling with that, mm, but I feel like I need you to go ahead and present it to God and say, God, listen, uh, at the end of the day, you're, you're the gardener. (laughs) You understand? I'm just, I'm branching. And I want to make sure that I'm branching well, uh, such and such. Am I holding on to them? Because if I'm holding on to something and it's, it's not my growth. And if my growth is stunted, I don't see the fruit. And if I don't see the fruit, I'm not growing. And I'm not going through this pain, not, not to grow. You can have a nice day. Mm-mm. So what I'm supposed to do with this person and more than that, Holy spirit, give me the courage to align to all the actions that's going to make me arrive to my calling and my purpose comfortably. The last thing you want to do is fight the Holy spirit. The last thing you want to do is fight God on what he has for you. The last thing you want to do is fight you because you don't know how to safeguard your calling. I don't want to let go of such and such. Then you're going to have to eat the fact that you're not going to see any better than where you're at. No, you can choose that. But go ahead and be comfortable and satisfied with, I have chose familiar pain and chaos over the calling that God has. Just go ahead and be, I don't want you, I want you to keep it a hundred with yourself. If nobody else, you understand, that's always going to be my thing. But just go ahead and accept that you chose to eat rotten fruit. And then don't complain that uh what happens after that dietary choice. Okay. Okay. Listen, um, I feel like you got what you needed. hmm I do. Uh, you know what these conversations are. Uh-huh. Life-provoking conversations. hmm Conversations that nobody else is gonna have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl. Listen, I get excited about these kind of conversations because they're life-changing. Okay, that was the whole point of me even picking up my phone to have these conversations with you. Uh, Again, I say doing big things. I don't know if you've been looking at my IG lately. Yes, started doing videos very much. Uh, Did you just ask me what my handle was? I know you didn't. Okay, I'm not going to close the scene because we just had a good conversation. It is the, I'm trying not to get upset. Okay, the Strive the letter N, inspire. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting a little angry. I ain't gonna hold you. Can you just look at what I've been doing? Your girl been putting in work. Okay, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and support that. And um, like Rivi says, tell your friends to pull up. <laughs> you understand? But listen, I'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go. We talk later, okay? All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Later. Oh, wait, before you go, uh, let me go ahead and just remind you again that you need to be looking at created to multiply.com very much created the number two multiply.com. Oh, and you know, your girl got a Patreon now, right? Mm-hmm. When you go to the website, you'll see all of that. So very much go. Okay, now I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go later.